Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here today. It's going to be a great day. And I think over the next few minutes, you're going to uh, learn some principles that's going to help you. I want to just start off by saying this, is today we're going to be leaning into the topic of parenting. Uh, and so before we go any further with that, I want to say if you are a grandparent here today, would you, would you stand with us so that we can honor you? A grandparent, any grandparents here today, would you just go ahead and stand up? Come on, let's give these guys a hand. We honor you today. We thank you so much. Now, uh, today, uh, as we continue our, our time together, I want to also say one other thing before I give you the title. Today, as we talk about parenting, I want you to know there is no such thing as perfect families, and there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Uh, now, we can debate the grandparent thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But as parents, I want you to know there's no such thing as a perfect parent. And if you feel like, hey... I'm a perfect, a perfect parent, then you can go ahead and leave right now because you're going to mess the rest of us up, all right? And so we know there's no such thing as that. And I also want to uh, go ahead and just put this out there, is that if you're here, a parent here today and you start hearing a parenting message and your kids, you know, as a teenager already grown, it can make you feel really bad because you can think, you know what, uh, I wish I would have been a better parent then they wouldn't have these problems. That's not true. Because just because your child makes a bad decision does not make you a bad parent. Did you hear that? Just because your child has made a bad decision does not make you a bad parent. And so we want to just take that in this morning, release it all so that we can receive. So no matter where you are in life, you're going to receive. Now, if you're single here today, the principles that we're going to talk about, you can apply those into your family as well. You don't have to be married to have a child to apply these principles. So let's get started. You see on your outline, the topic that I have, or the title I have is this, is how to take a step toward being a better parent. So today, that's all we want to do. We just want to take one step in that direction. You know, we don't want to try to right every wrong today. We just want to try to take one step toward being better parent. And uh, Jesus, actually, in the Sermon on the Mount, that's why we're calling this home, uh, this series, Bless This Home, is because he did the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, he talks about the Beatitudes, which means Jesus said, if you do these things, you're going to be blessed. And so the first that we want to hone in on today is Matthew 5 and 6. So you may want to take a look at it with me. It's on your outline. It says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And so we believe that today, if we strive for a home, that honors God and his, and his grandparents and parents, if we strive to honor God, 
that we're going to be filled with righteousness. And what does that mean? That means a legacy for our children to hold on to, to see how to live life. You know, I've come to understand this through my life. You know, you can't do better, be better, until you know better. You see, some of you, you're doing the best that you can with all that you know. And so that's why you're here today. That's why church is so important, because in sermons like this and teachings like this and practical applications, you can learn some things that you didn't know. And once you learn better, then you can be better. And so I'm so excited that you're here today because you're going to get better as a result of this. All right, so I have a statement on your outline that I want you to remember if you don't get anything else. And uh, it simply says this. Matter of fact, would you just read this out loud with me? And would you especially read the first two words out loud? Here we go. You ready? Come on. Great parents give their children the things money can't buy. Can I get an amen on that? Great parents. We're not talking about, we're not talking about, you know, get by parents. We're not talking about just being a good parent. You know, that means that I'm going to do every, I'm going to give my child everything else that the world's trying to give their children. That means that, you know, we're, we're going to keep them busy or we're going to buy them all this stuff. No, 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 no. Great parents give their children money, uh, things money can't buy. You know, when I said that money, I was thinking about grandparents there just a moment. Can I talk to you grandparents just a second? I know it's wonderful that, you know, your, your kids are, you know, finally they're grown and they're gone and they're on their own if you've been blessed. <laughs> Maybe they're not 50 and still at home. But anyways... If they're grown and gone, you know, you want to celebrate. There's nothing like the joy of a grandchild, I understand. I don't have one yet, but I understand that. And it's everything in you that wants to spoil that child. That means that you want to pull out your money, and you want to give them whatever they want. Can I say it's more important to give them the things that money can't buy than money can buy? When Rhonda and I, uh, you know, our, our kids are, are pretty much grown now, and, and when they were smaller... My dad would, you know, reach out and he'd give my, my, every time my kids come around, you know, he'd give them $10 or $20 or something like that. When I was a kid coming up, he didn't give me anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's my money. You are getting my money. That's my money. So be careful with that. Be careful with that. So I want to give you what I call today parenting with awe. Now, not with Ah, but with awe, like awesome, you know, awe. And so in these three things I want to share with you today, I think will help you as parents. So let's dive right in. The first letter that you see on your outline is the letter A, and that letter stands for affection, affection. Would you write that down? Regardless of how you were raised, your children need physical affection. You see, it makes them more secure, and also, when you are physically affectionate toward your kid, it passes on the blessing, because what you do as a parent is what they're going to do when they're parents, so you're passing on the blessing. One day, Jesus was teaching, and, and he sat down, and kids started coming to him, and he showed us how important this, is, this affection really is. It says this in your, on the outline, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, it says, people were bringing little children to Jesus 
for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. That means he was ticked off. He was mad. He said to them, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I, truly, I tell you, anyone who, who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now, notice this last statement here. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Notice that. That Jesus didn't just say, he didn't just say, look at a crowd like this and say, okay, all the kids, you're blessed. Be blessed now. Go on your way. Be blessed. No. He took the time to let every one of them come by him, and he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. In other words, there was something that cannot be there's some things that cannot be transferred just with words. There's some feelings that have to be transferred through a touch. And Jesus touched them, and he blessed them through that. Studies show that family where affection is consistent and constant, the children will be less sexually promiscuous, and they will become more comfortable with themselves, more secure with who they are, and they will develop a stronger, proper self-image. There was a study done in 1951 by Harvard University that dis discovered this. They took, uh, they took kindergartners, and they looked at the home that they were raised in. They looked at their parents, and they began to track the kindergartners over 50 years. After 50 years, the study was come to a conclusion, and this is what they found after 50 years of study. It is this. The study indicated that the most important a predictor of the future for happiness for these kids was this. It was not a good education or an upscale home or money, but it was physical closeness with their family. The kids that grew up, now remember, these kids were kindergartners. When they completed the study, some of these kids were, were uh, parents and grandparents themselves. And they found out what made them successful was not any of the things the world says, you got to have it, you got to have it. No. It was those that were close to their family were the ones that were the most happy. And I would tell you today that physical touch is very important. Affection is important. So i got a couple of steps on your outline. The first one is this. Say a meaningful I love you to your children. Look at me just a second. I don't care how young or old they are. Every child loves to hear their parents affirm their love for them i'm you know i'm i'm 47 years old i know you can't believe that some of you thought i was 57 didn't you no i still love to hear my dad say son i love you i still love to hear my mom say i love you don't you like it so no matter how old or young your kids are, look them in the eye and say, I love you. I love you. The other thing I would say is physical touch is another step. That means that, listen, maybe you grew up where everybody, nobody hugged each other in your, in your home. And I have, a, I have a saying, and many of you have heard me have this say. My saying is this, don't bug me, hug me. That's what I tell my kids. Come here, don't bug me, hug me, you know? 
maybe that didn't happen in your home, and maybe it's a little weird. Start, start it now. You know, hug your kids. Give them a kiss. Give them a high five. Do something to show that you really do love them. And feelings are transferred through touch more than just words. Can I talk to the dads just a second and granddads? When you, if you have daughters, when they get about, you know, 11, 12, 13, their body begins to change, and they're going to be awkward years. And so, you know what? Sometimes the dads want to just back off and say, okay, well, you know what? No more hugging you. No more of this. I want to tell you something. Don't do that. Listen, proper affection is wonderful for your daughter. If you don't give it to her, she's going to go somewhere and find inappropriate touch. See what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to hug your teenage daughter. Let her know, you know, if she, when she was a kid, you grabbed her and put her in a headlock and did a little noogie on her head, give it to her when she's 19. Just make sure she's not going out for work or school before you do that. You see what they love? They want that within you. Don't quit it because as soon as a, a young lady's body begins to change and she's going through all this awkward stuff anyways and then dad just pulls way back, then she thinks something's wrong with me. Don't do that. Give them what they need. Okay, again, look at what, the, what I want you to get. The one statement again. Remember what we said? We said great parents give their children the things that money can't buy. And that takes us to the second letter on your outline, and that is the letter W. The word that I want you to write down is the word warmth. I must warn you, in these letters that I'm giving you, some of you are better at some than others. In other words, like the affectionate part in our home, you know, that's probably more me because I'm, I'm more of the touchy-feely kind of guy. You know, I love you know, hugging our kids and stuff, and Rhonda's probably not that strong as I am. But in this W part, in the warmth part, She's off the chart, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you before I get into this, it's bad when you have to preach a sermon that you don't live when you, or you struggle with. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm, what I'm about to tell you, I struggle with this. I have a hard time with it. So, so no, if, 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 you, if this comes across and you say, you know what, I'm struggling with this, me too. And that is warmth. I struggle with this. Look what the Scripture says. And now a word to you parents. Do not keep on scolding and what? Come on, shout out and what? And nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. Rather, bring them up with the loving discipline the Lord himself approves with suggestions and godly advice. And this is what I, look at me. If you go in the dictionary and you look up the word nagging, you're going to see my picture. I struggle with that. I finally, you know what, I finally figured out why do I do that. Here's the reason. Because I tell my kids, listen, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. And guess what? I have to enforce this over here, right? Because I said it. So there's a gap between what I said and what's going to happen, right? Do you see the gap here? And in that gap, what I've done so that I wouldn't have to do this over here is I've said, Okay, now you got to do this. You got to do this. Make sure you do that. Make sure you do that. Make sure you do that. Why? So that I don't have to fulfill what I said over here. Does that make sense to you? And so I find myself nagging, 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 and still having to do this. So what I've learned to do is give them the direction, let them go, and live with the consequences. 
Because I didn't want my kids to fail, I would nag, 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 nag. And I'd push them away. And so we have to work on that. You see, when it's cold outside, don't you like to go into a warm environment? I mean, you know, it's nothing like, it's freezing outside when it's frigid. And, and now, you know, you want to go into somewhere that's warm. If there were to be a fire, it, it always amazes me. There can be a fireplace at, at some place, and, uh, you know, no fire is even in. Now you watch people start backing up. You ever seen that? They start backing up because it's a fireplace. But especially if there's a fire going, you know, people will naturally are drawn to that warmth. You see, that's what home should be like. It's just cold out there. But our homes, it should be warm, and we have to work toward that. Rhonda and I, you know, one of those things that we want for our children is that, you know, we want them to uh, grow up and, and move out. Okay? By the way, that's, that's natural, you know. We want them to move out, but we want, them to, we want them to come back home for visits, especially when they have our grandkids. But we only want them to stay a couple hours. And they wanted to go again. No, but we wanted to feel warm. You see, we wanted to be a welcoming environment to where they can come into and feel warm and take a, take a break from all the stress in the world and just come there and relax and enjoy yourself. That's what we desire. And so we have to work at it. One of the things that I understand is that attitude is everything. And with attitude, more is caught than taught. Would you agree with that? And let me just say this to you. You know, as a parent or a grandparent, it's more important how you react than your kids act because you're teaching them actions by your reactions. Now, I struggle with this, and many of you sitting here do as well. So what I've had to understand is, is that I set the tone in my home. And here's what I want you to know. The tone in your home will be passed on. Did you get that? Matter of fact, why don't you say this with me? Just repeat this. The tone in my home will be passed on. You're going to pass it on to the next generation. You're going to pass it on. You see, what we are, and we have to understand this, as parents and grandparents, we are what either we can be a thermostat that sets the temperature the emotional temperature in our home, or it's going to be a, a, a thermometer, which only takes the temperature in our home. You know what a thermometer does? Well, you need to straighten up, and you need to straighten up, and you need, it just, it's just telling everybody what they're doing wrong. But a thermostat controls the environment. And that's what parents are to do, and grandparents are to do. So Proverbs 28, 25 and 28 says this, if you cannot control your anger, you are as helpless as a city without walls open to attack. Now here's, let's talk just a second. I hear many people say, my children make me so angry. They make me so angry and then I lose it. Can I tell you something? If your five-year-old is making you angry and you're losing control, guess what? You just put that five-year-old in control. Did you hear that? If that, if, if that five, because he's getting his way, he knows if you blow your top, you're going to feel guilty for that, and he's going to get whatever he wants. 
It's called, man, they're born with this thing to know how to work you. So we have to, we have to mature, right? Because the moment, that, the moment that we begin to get angry and we feel like losing control, that's when we have to be mature and be adults, and that's when we have to keep control so that we don't give control to them. I struggle with this still. Call it the environment I was raised in or what? This week, a couple weeks ago, my daughter, Caitlin, she's 19. She's a sophomore in college, but she was home for the summer. And uh, I don't know, she said something. As she was going toward the back door, she said something. I was sitting in the living room, and it was one of those things where she said it low enough to where she didn't want me to hear it, but it was loud enough to where I could hear just pieces of it. You ever been there? So she said this, it was, and it sounded very sarcastic to me, and it sounded bad. And so you know what I did? She's walking toward the back door. I'm in the, I'm in the uh, living room area, and I hear that. What do I do? I jump up out of my chair. I run around there before she goes out that back door. I said, you got something you want to say to me? What did you, what do you want to say? You say it right now. Come on, big mouth. Say it now. And guess what she says? Calm down, Dad. It's okay. It's going to be all right. You see what happened there? We reversed roles, didn't we? I was a child, therefore, I was a child. Here I am, 47 years old. I'm the pastor of a wonderful church, you know. I've got all this wisdom, and I can't keep it together. My 19-year-old was saying, it's okay. And then when she said that, it made me more mad, right? And then I'm trying to figure out how to get around that. that oh. Here's what I want you to know. It's easy or easier to lose it with the people that you love the most. Check on it. Look what the scripture says in 2 Timothy 1 and 17. God made a promise. God's spirit doesn't make us cowards, cowards out of us. The Spirit gives us power, love, and what? Self-control. God's got to give it to me because I'm short on that in this area, in this area. I mean, if you're sitting here today, as I told my story, you're going, mm-hmm, that's me. Hopefully, you're not nudging somebody beside you. Now, don't do that. You'll start a fight, all right? Quit doing that. James 1 and 19 says this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become what? So to become angry. In other words, what he's saying this, 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 is, this is the Jeff philosophy of this. He's saying, listen up, button up, and you'll grow up. Listen up, button up, and you'll grow up. That's what God is saying, is that you've got to listen first, and you've got to think it through before you respond. Listen up, be slow to speak. So, your action step on your outline. Listen and use eye contact. You see, listening is the language of love. Let me, let me just be 21st century here. Texting your child is not listening to them. When your child is trying to speak to you, if you're on your phone or computer or something, and you're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
you're not listening. And they're in a world right now that no one wants to pay attention to them, and they're going to get some attention somewhere. I challenge you as a parent to be the parent. There is nothing more important than your children. Now, here's a rule that I did, I did a long time ago. I will not answer the phone when my children or my wife are in the car. I will not. Many of us like to use the car time to call people. I will not call anyone that while I'm in the car with my children or my wife because we have time together. This week, Caitlin, one of the highlights of my year was this week, Caitlin and I went out on a daddy-daughter uh, night. We got to ride in the car and just listen. See, those moments are vanishing from our lives. I challenge you, turn it off in the car. Turn it off. I promise you, whoever's calling you will not die. They'll be there. They'll leave a voicemail. Turn it off. Okay. So all of us need to be listened to. That's why we at this church have what we call connect group, because you need someone to listen to you, and other people need someone to listen to them. I want to challenge you today. God wants to, I'm going to share something with you in a little bit, but God wants us to grow spiritually. It's time for our church to grow spiritually. And so I want to challenge some of you today. Some of you are wonderful, wonderful people. And we need some of that wonderfulness that you have to grow, uh, rub off on some other people. And so I need some connect group leaders that will help me. There's an opportunity for you to help other people by being a connect group leader. That's spiritual leadership. You know what I say? You don't have to worry about being a theologian or anything like that. You don't have to know a lot about the Bible. We will give you questions that you just ask. Matter of fact, I say if you can read, you can lead. And if you do that, do that you can just ask the questions, and, and it'll just go around the room, and everybody else will answer them. You don't have to have answers. You just ask questions, and we tell you what to ask. I need you because our world needs you. Our church needs you. So I'm going to ask you a question on the back of your connection card. If you say, Pastor Jeff, I'll be willing to let God use me in this way that I will be willing to host or I'll be willing to lead a connect group if you just check the back of that card. We need you. Our church needs you. I'm asking you personally to help me if you can. Then there's another box there that, you know, there's a, we have some leaders that don't have a place to meet and they need a home to meet in. And if you say, Pastor Jeff, I'll open up my home for people to come in and, and just meet there. I'll meet with them. I'll be, glad. I'll be a great host, but I don't want to leave. If that's you, would you just check that box? We need you today. We need you. If you would check that box, it would help us and help our church to grow spiritually. And God wants to use you. When you open up your home to do God's work, it's amazing how God blesses your home. I want to encourage you to do that. Ron and I have been doing it for years. We have a group that meets at our house now. Okay, so if you'll check that. All right, remember our statement that we opened up? Great parents give their children the things money what? Can't buy. That money can't buy. Here we go. Here's the letter E. You ready? The letter E is encouragement. Would you write this down? Encouragement. So we have affection, we have warmth, and we have encouragement. Abraham Lincoln said this, When you look for the bad in people, you shall certainly find it. But the opposite is also true as well. When you look for the good, you will find it. Do you agree with that? Affirmation, uh, affirmation is a much greater motivator than shaming. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with that? One, one kid said this, said, you know what? I, I think my mom works for a travel agency. And everybody asked the question, why? 
He said, because she's always sending me on a guilt trip. You see, what is shame? What does it look like? You know what shaming looks like? It says, you should know better than that. You shouldn't do that. Are you stupid? I didn't raise you to be like that. But here's what, here's what affirmation looks like. Affirmation looks like this. You're better than that. I believe in you and what you did. You are better than that. I love you, but I don't like the action you've done. You are better than that. You are a Dawes. You're better than that. See what I'm talking about? You call your last name out. You, we are, you're better than that. It's in you to be better. You're a child of God. You're better than that. And you begin to encourage them. It's correction, but encouragement. So keep that in mind as you're correcting your children. Look what Proverbs says. Proverbs 18 and 21. What you say can mean life or death to those who speak, to those who speak with care will be what? Rewarded. You know what the reward is? Great relationships. Great relationships. I struggle with saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Does anybody else have that problem? I mean, man, I do. I can try to get, I can give a compliment. Rhonda says, Jeff, whenever you're giving a compliment, you stop one sentence short of what you think you should. Because that last sentence always gets you in trouble. You know, I told you that last week during our date night. I don't even talk on the way home. Like, how you doing? That's it. Because I'm going to say something's going to ruin the moment. Yes. You see, if you pour water on a flower and you give it sunlight, it's going to grow. But if you take the water away and the sunlight away, it's going to shrivel up. And that's the way our words are. If they're, if they're encouraging, if they're encouraging, then guess what? The kids around us will grow. Let me talk to parents and grandparents just quickly. Look at me just a second. Your words have weight. What you say to your kids and your grandkids, no matter, no matter if you're joking, no matter what you say, if you say, you're clumsy, you're so clumsy, you're so stupid, they will hear those words uh, reverberating in their minds the rest of their life. Be careful what you say. Listen, other people can say mean stuff. They can say, you know, joking stuff. It doesn't matter. But when mom or dad says it, and grandparents say it, it has weight, and it lives on year after year in their mind. So be careful what you say. Matter of fact, I say this. If you don't like what you're seeing in your kids, then watch what you're saying to them. And you know what else I found out? If I practice being grateful, I won't be hateful. Did you hear that? If I practice being grateful, I won't be hateful. If you practice being grateful, you won't be hateful. Look what the scripture says. 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Here's the action step. Pray daily with your children. Pray daily. Now, I have on your outline now, there's a checklist because I know you're going to forget this and so will I. So here's a little checklist that you can take this program home and look over this program weekly, this checklist, and it'll help you stay on track. I want to share one more thing with you. Inside of your program, you have what's called the power of the blessing. Would you take that out? <clears throat> I want to tell you how this come about. This week, or actually... Last week, my son moved out again. 
<laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. But this time, it's good. He has a full-time job. He has his own place. And it's good. And I thought, as my son was moving his stuff, what do I want to say to him? I thought about it. What do I, what do I want him to know? When he leaves his house, he's going to make his own way. What do I want him to know? And I sat down with a notepad, and I just wrote down five things that I said, I want you to know, in order to pass on the blessing, Ron, Ron and I have been blessed. Our parents have been blessed. What's the secret of the blessing of God? And so I wrote it down for you. Right here it is. Simply as this. Ask Jesus to save you and follow him. Attend church. Read God's word daily to receive direction for your life. Pray daily and ask God for wisdom. The financial plan. Here's the only financial plan that, that we've ever known in our home. And this is it. The 10-10-80 plan. You give God 10% first to your church. And then you give, you give yourself 10% and you live on 80%. That's the only plan I've ever found out to work. It's been passed on. It's the power of the blessing. And then being interested in people more than trying to be interesting. I didn't get to give this to him. I, I got a Bible. I, I, I got a Bible and I opened up the top. And again, I wrote it in a pen. It's in a notepad. I taped it to the inside of the Bible. I had it ready for him. And then when he got ready to move, he brought a friend over. I was like, oh, man. So this week I called him up and I said, hey, I'd love to have dinner with you. So Thursday night we went to dinner. We had a wonderful time. Then I went to get in my car and he went back to his car and I said, come to my car, son, I got something for you. I put the Bible in his hand. I said, son, I want to give you the power of the blessing. I want to, I want to pass it on to you. I flipped the little cover over and that handwritten note that I had with those things that, that I just gave you, I said, son, here's the things that your mom and I have done that's blessed our lives. God has blessed us. Here's the things that your grandparents have done that has blessed their lives. So I'd like to pass the blessing on to you. And you know what? He looked at me and said, thank you, Dad. Thank you. I don't know what he's going to do with that. As far as I know, he can throw it in the back of his car and never see it again. I don't know. But I got a feeling that somewhere down the line, he's going to open up that Bible and review that. What are you going to pass on to your kids? Let me say one more thing to you. You know, you can't pass on the blessing if you don't have the blessing. If you haven't done number one, if you haven't asked Jesus to save you and follow him, if you're not a Christ follower, you can't pass it on. So today, today there's a prayer inside of your program. It's a prayer to become a Christ follower. If you say that in your heart and you mean it today, God hears you. You don't have to raise your hand or stand up or anything like that. All I ask you to do is just check it on the back of your connection card that you pray that prayer so that we can pray for you. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like, for, I'd like for every grandparent, if you would, if you would just stand with us right now, every grandparent. And now I'd like for every parent, would you stand? Would every parent stand? Those of you that are parents today, I want you to look around at these people. They're special people of God. And they're under a battle like never before. They're waging, waging war right now. So those of you that are not married, would you, or that, those of you that are not parents, would you stand right now and let's pray for these guys together. Come on, let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I submit to you, God, the, the greatest grandparents and parents in the world. I know they're battling. I know they're struggling, oh God, but today I ask you that you would cover them. God, you tell us that your angels encamp and around about those who fear you, who love you and look for you, God. I pray that you would circle their homes with blessing. I pray that an angel is on every corner of their house, oh God. Let no evil come their way. I pray, God, for their children, Lord, that you would put your guardian angel, let it walk through the hallways of the schools, oh God. Let it walk onto their jobs, oh God. Let it walk into a college classroom. I pray for every grandparent, oh God, as they're with their children, their grandchildren, God, that the favor and the blessing of Almighty God would just flow out of them, oh God, and touch their child and their grandchild in a special way. And the Spirit of the Lord will guide and protect and lead all the days of their life that the power of the blessing of Almighty God may go on from generation to generation and the world may take notice that they are yours and you are theirs. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Worship with the praise team. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.